Can we skip to the good part? Coming in mad, JT. What are we doing? <laughs> this is the open now, just so you're clear. This is it. We just started the podcast. <laughs> you know, I think we should have a pretty mad kind of intro to our mad kind of episode. Because we're talking about mad kind of movies. Yeah, which is, it's perfect. So I, I'm actually very grateful because I didn't know how to open a meh episode and this is feeling pretty meh. I love it. Yeah. But just so you all know, it's not going to be a meh episode. It's going to be a phenomenal episode talking about meh movies that we want to make better. Ooh, didn't see that coming. I'm proud of that. Uh, so yeah, this is, I'll tell you what, Jeremy, we talked yesterday because... As, as is a classic, classic JT trope, was not prepared <laughs> for this at all. Uh, and so I had to call in the righty and be like, hey, buddy, help. <laughs> I mean, should we tell them what your actual question was? Yeah, go ahead. Tell them. You can tell. Okay. So so listen, everybody. JT preps for this thing. He's, we make fun of it a lot, but he puts in his time. And last night, and I think... I don't know, nine, 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Phone rings, JT. I'm thinking to myself, oh, his flight got delayed. He's not going to be able to record tomorrow. Something's gone wrong. No, no, no. Everything's good. He would just like to know what we might be talking about this fine day. That's right. <laughs> so I had to tell him. <laughs> and we were, pl- I mean, I was playing. I have so many movies in my overall like big list that I was like, and here's like five. You could just go as a starting point in case you can't find any yourself. Right. Which I'm happy to say I didn't have to take you up on. And also, Ooh. just for clarity, just in case you guys didn't know, we have jobs. And so this week was a particularly busy week for me. And so uh, I was even more lazy than usual. And I'll be honest, the reason that it was hard wasn't that I like genuinely didn't remember. It was more around the fact that every time I thought about how to define a man movie, I was like completely overwhelmed because unlike usual, Jeremy, we usually have some kind of a box to play in, right? right? Which is like, here's an orienting factor that gets rid of a lot of noise for you. And in this one, uh, it's literally every movie ever. There was no like, oh, well, I, can, I don't have to think about any of these. I was like, yeah, I have to think about everything. Every movie ever is on the table. So the two or three times that I tried to approach it, I immediately was overwhelmed and went, that's too hard. I'll just do it later. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah. The movie I gave that I think defines it well, though, is not, uh, and, and there will be Shawshanking to be done. Uh, the movie I gave JT is The Q, and I think it is actually a perfect movie for us. Uh, others might not agree, but was uh, Darjeeling Limited. Yep. Which, it's not a bad movie, but it's definitely not a good movie. It's just kind of meh. Yeah, it's like meh. There's parts of it that you'd keep, and there's parts of it that you wish went very differently, and that's kind of how I eventually oriented. Well, well, since you mentioned it, Jeremy, let's actually jump right into the Shawshank, because it's it's not a Shawshank by any stretch of the imagination. But do you have a this is do you have a categoric like a categorically defining meh film that needs to be remade? Right. You know, I don't think we actually mentioned that before, by the way. The point is not just like top five meh movies, top five meh movies we want remade. Like we want this proper version or this better version or we want to move it from meh to good from we're taking it from meh to greats just like that book that's right that's exactly right so do you have one of those i do do you i do okay uh is it my week to go first i does anyone even know i think it's hilarious that you think i do (laughs) 
<laughs> I, do, I don't actually think you know. I just sort of said it. Yeah, right. You know I don't know. <laughs> I know you don't know. It is my week to go first. My movie is from 1990. Okay. It includes a cast. The cast includes Andy Garcia, Bridget Fonda. Okay. And the five words I'll give you are just don't cast your daughter. Oh, boy. I'm trying to remember if this is a thing that I... Oh, God. So I have, my movie is also from 1990. Oh, interesting. It was it was released on December 25th by any chance? I don't write down the dates anymore just so that I can't use the dates as, in, as a cheating. It's not a cheat code. Got it. Yeah. So the, I, I do for the top five in Shawshank only. All right. So I think we have the same movie here because Andy Garcia, I'm like 95% sure, is in Godfather 3. Is well, he in Godfather 3? That is the movie. Yeah. That's So then, yes, we agree. We have the exact same Shawshank. Yep. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Yep. That's, is this is that the first? No, it's not. No, we've done that before. It's not the first, but it's the first in a hell of a long time. I think the most notable thing about that that you know synergy. Ooh, synergy. <laughs> it's is that synergy? I don't think that's actually how synergy is used. I think I'm using that wrong. I don't think anybody uses synergy right. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You always have to say, I'm sorry I'm saying this word, but synergy. Right. Exactly right. Uh, the thing that I think is interesting about that one, though, is that per your definition, we literally had all the movies available to us. That's what makes that particular. Yeah, we had every movie on the planet ever made could have fallen into this because it's very much a personal, did you think it was mad? And we both immediately agreed that this is the one that you just need to make better. Yeah. Have you seen the reversion of it? No, I haven't. I haven't, but I really want to, and I've been told I have to. All right, well, following the Shawshank rules, we can't really talk about what about the Godfather 3 re- reboot, but it was meh, and I'll take a reboot. Thank you very much. Same, same. <laughs> okay, next up, our top five. So now we're going to go through our five movies each, give a little guessing game, see how we do. I will say straight up, I, I'm i not going to say I cheat throughout the episode, but I got a bunch of little hinky things I'm uh, going on. Okay. Tracks. All right. I'm also, I leaned really into more recent movies. I think, in fact, the I don't have a single pick that's older than the 2000s. Oh, wow. That's funny. So I struggled with that because originally I kind of give myself an arbitrary rule that I like to do because I like making things harder, which is like, 2001 or earlier is what I wanted to do because I'm like, if it's been made in the last 20 years, you shouldn't have to remake it. Uh, and I very quickly was like, that's a stupid rule. So <laughs> I did the opposite. I did movies that, that I felt were made recently enough that they should have known better. And like to me, the 80s, as we've talked about many times, like they were still just inventing how how to make stories. You know, I mean, that's that's why it's so weird and wonky. And, and inexplicable plot lines that we have now now you got to know better you don't have the same excuses for your mediocrity i will say that i have nothing from the 80s but a lot of 90s and, and forward so i'm very excited to see where you end up all right i'm starting with one that i think is probably the, the most guessable of me if you really really remember stuff we've talked about like it, this is this will be the memory jo- jogger or not but the movie came out in 2008 okay I'm very stuck on cast here because it's small and identifiable quickly. So I'll just, I'll see. I, I think you're going to get it with my five words also because I wasn't trying to be all stumpy with this one. But I'll give you just Jason Bateman to start. Jason Bateman. I love Jason Bateman. 
I guess this is actually going to be a hard guessing category since it's again every movie. It's every movie ever. Yeah. Right. But you know, you know me. We'll see. Uh, the five words I'll give you are bait and switch superhero tale. Oh, Hancock. Hancock. Yeah. Okay. I I had this earmarked as uh, I bet Jeremy brings this up in Pong. <laughs> I I was the first thing I wrote down when we when we picked the category last week. I was like, oh, I'm rebooting Hancock right now. Yep. Basically. I rewatched the trailer last night just to really reorient myself. Like, where does this belong? And the trailer, first of all, is awesome. Yeah. I was laughing out loud because I had remembered the trailer. Right. So do you remember the thing where like he throws the whale and it hits a Greenpeace ship? Oh my God. Yeah. I, I have a very different opinion of this movie than you do. I know. So you watch the preview and it's like, he gets arrested. It looks, it's hysterical. It's like, this is like a men in black funny kind of movie with Will Smith just doing his thing, right? Yeah. You got you know the plot the plot as you watch the trailer is basically you've got this drunk jerk of a hero, you got kind of like a Peter B. Parker, if you recall the Spider-Verse. Sure. But more so, more like ornery and like he just doesn't even care. He and what the story looks like it's gonna be is there's some kind of I don't know, random heist or caper, and you're gonna have your kind of coming of age. Like he sobers up and recognizes why he's doing these things. Sure. There's some random action sequences, but the actual movie is sort of this weird alien dating rom-commy bizarro Charlie's throne who I love and is good in it, but it's not the movie I wanted. And it's not the, it's not the movie I deserved. And it's not the movie I got. I wanted drunk Will Smith, superhero ornery like it looks like this great comedy it looks like an apatow uh uh slapstick out the wazoo i mean we're watching the sequence of him throwing the whale and then it hits the ship and then the guy even identifies that it was a green piece i mean it's i was crying with laughter for a half second there yeah yeah give me give me that movie that's all i want that's my reboot yeah, I, I don't have a good argument here. I like this movie more than you do. I didn't find it as offensive as I think you did because I sort of assumed maybe that they would do some of the stuff that they did, which was boring. Um, but I like this movie. I think it's rewatchable. Like, it's a great background flick to me. However, I will say, uh, yes. Like, yes, just redo it. <laughs> Redo it and make it better. Like this suffers from a lot of the same stuff that I'll talk about in my list of like very specifically where I think they went wrong. I do think they did enough in this movie to make it meh as opposed to bad. So I, I'm, I'm with you on this 100%. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not bad. It's definitely not bad. But the 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 reason I make this point, by the way, and, and this will be a similar, you'll, you'll, I think we probably have similar points to make throughout. That was a good enough movie. Like, it's a good enough story. You give me 95 minutes, um, Will Smith, wisecracking, like, fun action sequences, ridiculous superhero things. It's not quite Deadpool because they're not crossing over the wall, right? right? It's right. its own it's its own shtick. You know, it's a slapstick, irreverent, R-rated comedy. It's the Sausage Party of superhero movies is what they should have done, That's right? That's hilarious. Sausage Party to Pixar should have been Hancock to Iron Man or whatever. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. And then, well, to your point, like, then you liked it. If they made this other movie that's called, like, Stranded Superhero Finds Long Lost Other Stranded Superhero from Other Galaxy or whatever the actual thing was, 
Fine. That's a good story too. You got two movies here. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm going with it. I love it. It's a great pick and I'm not surprised that it's there, but I'm glad it is. All right, JT. All right. So my first one, this is the, this is the one that I knew I would do the second we brought this category up. So I'll do the same thing. So this is July 14th of 1995. Uh, the cast is just not going to help you at all. But Richard Jenkins and David Keith. I know who they both are. That's true. But David Keith is not Keith David. No. David Keith is not Keith David. That's funny. It's not. There's a difference. <laughs> I definitely don't know who David Keith is. I know who Keith David is. Yeah, I mean, it's literally, it's so hard to give you. I mean, there's, That's no, okay. there's nobody in this. Uh, five words, native person residing in pantry. The Indian in the cupboard? Uh-huh. Oh, uh, this is one of the, yeah, this is like a mid 90s. I never saw it. It's a kid's movie, right? So this was. A oh, this would be your, yeah, this is your wheelhouse, right? Oh, buddy. Let me tell you that 10 year old JT was mad at this movie because it didn't do justice. And now 36 year old question mark JT, like looks back and now because we have the technology to do this better, like, please, just please. The, the, the kid that starred in this, and I feel bad because he's a kid, but he was bad. Like, it was not good. And it was not good to 10-year-old JT. Like, I remember watching it going, this was cast poorly. <laughs> like, just, like, straight out of the gate, did not like it. Like, worse than Jake Lloyd? Bad? No, but not an order of magnitude better. So, we, it's not a, uh, uh, who's the Sixth Sense kid? It's, it's not, not Haley Joel a- Osment. <laughs> <laughs> is that the scale? Jake Lloyd can't be the worst child actor by a long shot. He was he was not terrible, but it's definitely there's there's some scale that is from from somebody to Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, for sure. And and this kid is on the wrong side of that scale, unfortunately. But okay, the bigger thing for me is that this is a great book and it's a good series of books and it's like a really fun one. I I hope culturally it's okay now. It probably isn't. I don't know, but <clears throat> I don't remember the books well enough to know if it is or not. What I can tell you is that it's an awesome storyline. It's super fun. Um, the technology now is so much better that like right. we could do so much. It's the same reason you and I have talked about like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Like, yeah, do that now. It would just be better. Like, it would be better. Yeah. Not because that Have one fun. was bad. That one was great. But it'd be better now because of technology. This is the same thing, except this movie also wasn't particularly well done, even though it was actually very well acted. Little Bear, who was Little Foot from the movie, was awesome in it. And I would love to see this again. It's one of my biggest regrets from childhood is that this movie wasn't better because I loved this book series. (laughs) And just to get a sort of put a, put a point on it was the, were the effects, were the effects like glaringly bad? Like, man, I wish they just hadn't even tried this. Cause sometimes that's a thing I'll, I'll find. Like that's actually a lot of my issues with the, with the star Wars prequels is, they just went too far into CGI when CGI wasn't ready. And then two years later, you got Lord of the Rings perfectly throwing in CGI. So right? my memory of this is that they were clever in knowing what they couldn't do. So most of this was like, because again, it's a real person. Like It's just a matter of scale. So what they would do is they filmed him from above always and made him uh, look small, even though he was not small. And then they would always like be really tight on the actor kid's face. His name was House Gardino, I think. 
like super tight on that kid's face and make him take up the full screen. So they use practical effects more than anything else to make it work. But a big part of the story is the two of them interacting. And so like you have like these really weird, clearly green screen shots where he's like, you know, standing in the palm of his hand. Like that stuff today, you could do like he could be crawling sure. all over him, and it would be it would look totally normal. Um, and I just think it's great, and I want people to remake this movie so bad. I want to see. Well, I don't know if I care about the remake either, but I, uh, for <laughs> you, for you, I want them to remake this. Thank you. You got it. By the way, I have two movies in my list that are that are likely in the so recent you might not even have seen some of them oh like they like I, I i took this i took this episode in a very different way i'm going to go now to my my next most obvious one in my opinion okay knowing me as well as i know me so 2013 oh okay is it viola or viola davis viola davis viola that's what i thought too okay so viola davis and ben kingsley i love both of those people Sure do. By the way, rocking cast. I'm not changing the cast on this movie in one bit. In any way, the cast is great. I'm like genuinely mad at myself that I don't know what this is yet because I cannot imagine those two in a movie that I didn't see. I don't know if you saw it or not, but I will tell you the five words I have are too fast through battle school. Too fast through battle school. Yep. All right. So somebody is being trained to do something and gets pushed through too quickly and then calamity ensues. Calamity, hilarity, average movie, disappointment, all those things. Gosh, this is bummer. I mean, disappointment by me, the audience, not right, disappointment right, right. by the characters. Understood, yeah. understood. Can you give me a time frame? Like, is the movie set in forever ago? It's a sci-fi movie. A sci-fi movie. A sci-fi movie from 2013 with Ben Kingsley. Buddy, I am going to be pretending. Harrison Ford's in it. How about that? You're still oh, wait, not going to get it if you don't have this. Wait, is it Blade Runner 2049 or whatever it was? Nope, nope. I wouldn't reboot that. Oh, I just went to make this is one of the, st- this is, um, 2013. Which Star Wars is, is this a Star Wars movie? Nope. Is this Crystal Skull? Nope. Buddy, I've I, thought about that for a while. That one's not bad. It's bad. Yeah, that's, that's what happened too. I was like, was it redeemable or was it actually just what I really want is just not that movie at all and some other indie four? Yeah, just right? don't make that movie. Make a completely different movie. Yeah. I have no idea what this is. Ender's Game. Never saw it. Okay. So I don't know how to do this without some level of spoilers, that's but okay. just I, I, I will do my best. This is a beloved book, and that's a, that's an opening statement that I think is important. I don't know where Indian in the Cupbird, Cupbird. There's my there's my British father coming out right there. The Cupbird. <laughs> he doesn't say nobody says that. No. The, the the story about the Indian in the closet. Yeah, uh, there it is. I don't know how beloved. I don't know how big. But Ender's Game is one of those books that's like. Hobbit like, not you know, maybe not Lord of the Rings like, but definitely loads of people like it. Although the author's got many issues, and I'm not going to talk about that. The book itself is amazing. Have you have you read it by the way? No, I haven't. 
strong recommendation. And and, and the, there's a second version called Ender Shadow that I like even more personally. The bottom line is when you reach those kind of books, we know that you must treat them carefully. Yeah. Right. Part of what's so beautiful about this story is it's, it's not just coming of age. It's just multi-angled from so many different dimensions. So the first half of the story is your protagonist Ender going through battle school. Right. And it's, and it's cool. And it's this like, 3d you know it's this he's battling in space and thinking about 3d fights and like what that might be like and there's a very um nuanced version of battle school because it's not just learn to pilot your ship there's all the stuff about strategy and formations and how to work as a team and it's just and it's wonderful it's like it's like a sports movie in so many ways or, or a book it's like a coming of it you know and there's a whole subplot that's like a third of the storyline that has to do with Ender's siblings. Okay. They rush through that in this movie. They basically like every now and then it's like, oh yeah, we're still talking about these two. <laughs> and if you were going to rush through it, then just cut the whole thing, cut them. Cause you could have like, you could have done that. Right. In my opinion. And okay. So that's the first half of the thing. The second half is we'll just call it the, um, the training simulator or something like that. Uh, it would be, or, or, or the, the battle or something like that. Sure. It itself is also fascinating and it, and it's not just an action sequence. There's just, there's depth to it and, and, and many different components of the story come to life. And again, it's a personal arc and journey and it's just a different kind of story. It's not your typical, it's not your typical three act play kind of thing. Okay. So what I would have loved for them to do, and this is this is the simple solution, same cast, same everything. Actually, it was it was well written, it was well done. Just take your time. This is two movies. Ender's Game. You know, it could have just been called Battle School and then Ender's Game or something like whatever you're going to do with it, or Ender's Game Battle School, Ender's Game War or something, whatever. Uh, Take the time, develop the characters, develop the plot. It deserves, as much as I want most movies to be about 95 minutes, this is a good four hours of storytelling. It could have even been a HBO series. One at one season only, please. I don't need to know. Don't make up more stuff. Right, right. But the movie in every way is a letdown. And from what I can tell from reading for people who had never read the book, it was sort of, that's where it's the most meh. It's like, yeah, it's just a sci-fi movie with a bunch of kids and stuff. Got it. Okay. Uh, so, so should I not see it? I would say you're fine to see it, but I would actually implore upon you to read it. Okay, fair it's enough. It's a wonderful book. Okay. All right. Yeah, this is one of those things that it just wasn't in my zeitgeist at all. And I remember when it came out and like I had people in my world who were like, Ender's Game. And I was like, all right, whatever. I'm like, cool. I guess. Yeah. And the cast is Asa Butterfield, Haley Stansfield, Stansfeld, um, Harrison Ford. Yeah, it's a big cast. It's a big cast. All right. Well, speaking of big casts, oh boy, this one's this is the one. This is the one for you, Jer. This one's just for you. Oh god. Uh, June thirtieth of nineteen ninety nine. Uh, this is a this is a fringe man movie. I'm going to be honest. But I have okay. a, I have a reason for why I think this goes the way it does. Cast is very hard, but I'll give you Kenneth Branagh and Selma Hayek. Ninety nine with Kenneth Branagh and Selma Hayek. Is this 
I'll take your five words, but I have a I have a guess right now. But I'll take your five words. Crazy, crazy direction. Crazy, crazy direction. Now, are you still doing the? This is another version of the title, or is this just some other thing? Yeah, that's what I'm doing this week. I'm doing that. This is a different version of the title. Oh uh, well, then crazy, crazy direction. Oh, this would be Wild Wild West with Correct. Kevin Klein and Will Smith. Correct. So here's my <laughs> here's my thing. Okay, this movie. You're right, by the way. <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> yeah, whatever you're about to say, I'm just like preliminary. I'm I'm preemptively agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what I the, this movie borders on the not even meh side. Like it's pretty bad. That I, I would say that too, but I wanted, I, I had a hunch you I had a hunch you were going to acknowledge and go with it. So let's keep going. So here's the thing, though: if you zoom out and just think this cast, this general concept, right? Wild Wild West was an amazing show. It had lots of cool tropes. It's this really interesting idea in this really interesting world. Everything about this screams should be good, except the script. The script right. in this movie is so, so bad that it just like is camp on camp and lazy and boring. And then it turned into this other nonsense that they had to like play out on screen. And it's a bummer because every if you read this, if you read what this movie's gonna be about, if you see who's in it, if you think about the world, even if you see some of the images, which some of it's really ridiculous, but some of it's fun, like this Inspector Gadget Wild West nonsense, you'd be like, Huzzah! This is going to be a great time. And instead, sure. like 18 minutes into this movie, you're like, this isn't going to go the way I want, I don't think. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. <laughs> so here's my here's my mild pushback, JT. Sure. Are are you going to make the argument? And I, I'm, I'm open-minded. This is, I would put this as actually kind of a terrible movie. Yeah, it's, like, it's real. It's pretty much there. I agree. So are you, is your claim, and I'm sort of leading the witness here, sure. that because of the phenomenal cast and the concept and the, and the structure, that that averages out to a meh? Yeah, kind of. I think my argument is that I'm not defending this as a meh movie at all. What I'm saying is, is that this was a this was like a bad movie that should have at the very least been a meh movie because it has everything it needs to be pretty good. And I think you could reboot this and make it really good. Like, I think if somebody took this construct today and just didn't suck, it would be at least a, a six or a seven. <laughs> so you're saying the first reboot gets it to a meh, and then 10 years later, we can have a really good version. Well, so here's, yeah, maybe. I mean, I would also make the <laughs> argument that, like, I don't know that there's a world where Wild Wild West should be a nine or a 10. It should be a really good seven. Like you know what I mean? Oh, like, I see what you're saying. That's kind of what this. That's the 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 ceiling for this movie is like fun and rewatchable. Mm. It's not going to be a cinematic masterpiece. I don't want Ang Lee doing Wild Wild West. You know what I mean? Like that's not what this is. I mean, he did the Hulk. Why not? Yeah, that went over well. <laughs> so it's got a four point nine on IMDb. Right, it's exactly middling, which is why. So I, it's a four point nine on IMDb. It's a thirty eight percent on Metacritic. I was leaning more towards the I am or like the rating scale of like not what critics wouldn't should have panned this one. I thought three, I thought thirty eight was high <laughs> to be honest yeah. for a Metacritic. Yeah. I was like, ooh, somebody 
like the sellers not see this movie? I was confused. I'm like, some some people just didn't rate this, I guess. Right. Like, who are the two out of five people who walked out of that? Like, yeah, way to go. I, I almost went diving into like, who liked this? The Hollywood Reporter? I'm like, I don't understand how anybody was like, this is a six. It's not. It's a four. Maybe. Yeah. But that, again, like my kind of confines for this were it had to be under a seven in my head and it had to be over a two. Hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I want to reboot this too, buddy, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't think you got to a meh. I think you, I think you're rebooting a bad movie, my friend. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to argue very hard on that, to be honest. <laughs> That's it. The episode's over. There it is. So. Okay. Uh, I'm going to sort of stay in the same genre in a weird way. Yeah, it's actually a similar, there's a similar construct here. So, so you'll get it. And this, in this case, this is the first time I'm going to do this and not the last time I'm going to do this. I will pick one movie, but I will then immediately talk about the three movies that all, all belong in the same exact category. So I'm only going to make you guess against one, but they all have the same story in my opinion. Okay. Okay. 2007. We're going to share this one. <laughs> John Voight. Sure. Josh Donald. Anthony, Anthony Anderson. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Is this one of your top five? Absolutely. So my five words, which make the point, robots, yet focused on humans? Y- yeah. So my, mine literally was just turns into something humans. That was it. Right. So the movie is Transformers, but I'm going to not only include that in this category, I'm going to put in the G.I. Joe movie. Sure. I'm going to, and I'm going to put in the A-Team, and I'm going to say that the, the A-Team movie, I'm going to say that you have three meh, almost bad. Like, G.I. Joe is the worst of the batch. Oh, yeah. But you took a, basically, again, a very well-liked 80s series franchise. Mm-hmm showed up with a movie and fundamentally what you did was not give us what that franchise was, right? The Transformers and G- all three were campy Yep. and not the only of the three movies that were remotely campy was the AT one. And I, I told you, I started rewatching it. It was just harder than I thought to rewatch. Yeah. I just wanted to see the tanks and tanks in space scene again. Dude, that, that movie is saved by the, they're trying to fly the tank. It, without that line, that movie goes from like a six, five and a half to like a three. <laughs> yeah. But what the problem with, that they make is they try to make modern, serious, perfect looking, super polished movies. In all cases, the same mistake is made, which is you cannot tell who's who. Right. So when the Transformers are on screen, it's just a bunch of metal looking things. Like you can never see, like, that's the thing, like, if Bumblebee's yellow and Starscream's gray, then I want to see yellow versus gray on screen, not aluminum, 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 flashy yellow on the on the on the shoulder somewhere. Yeah, fair, right? And they're supposed to be campy, like the A team. They all shoot; nobody ever gets hit. GI Joe, everybody's shooting blue and red laser fire, you know. And instead, they took themselves so seriously and tried to make these. I don't even know what they were trying to put it in. Like there's no category that they really fit into so i want campy transformers campy joe and campy a team movies please i i agree so i didn't think of the other two um because i think gi joe is a bad movie uh 
Fair enough. So Transformers, so my, so this is on my top five. So Transformers for me, the level of Bayheim in this is like nothing short of astonishing, right? <laughs> and what bums me out about this is I actually think that this was his opportunity to go full Bayheim. I think the official internet term for a made-up thing, I think it's actually Bayhem. I think Bayheim oh, right. is when he does it in uh, Asgard. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It's Bayhem. Bay. Mayhem, mayhem. I'm having a hard time with that. But anyway, I think he could have gone full cage. <laughs> he could have gone max cage in this because what he has proven is he doesn't understand humans and he doesn't understand how to tell human stories and he's bad at it. And if he right? just leaned full into the machines and just did cooler stuff with machines and just let this stupid love interest and parent story go, who cares, bro? Like that's right. You've got the the coolest vehicle for your absurdity, and instead you're gonna it, like intertwine these weird relationships. You don't understand how humans work. Just do cool robot things, bro. Like this was your this was your ticket, dude. And he ruined. Not it. only that, he ruined it. Not not only that, dude. He the the scene. I always remember the scene of the. I think it's Optimus Prime. Maybe it's probably whatever is sneaking. In the Witwicky's backyard, yeah, like that, like that again. That's like a messed up version of campiness. Like the concept, you're going to have this robot trying to hide from an obvious situation. Fine, but you also have a three story robot in someone's backyard that is visible from all over the place. Like it just, it's just it, the suspension of disbelief does not work when you take it that far. Yeah, right. Can, can I also yeah. say that this is a really stupid nitpick thing that didn't make sense, but it always drove me nuts is the pure size of these machines when they uncar made no sense to me. Right. And in the comics, in the cartoons and the comics, the proportions were always correct. They were closer. Like, here's the thing. Like, Optimus Prime is a skyscraper. What? That's not. The, right. There's not enough metal. I don't care. I, I like... You're just talking about yeah. how much space exists inside of that cabin. Even if you put extra metal pieces inside the entire cabin of that truck, you're not 40 feet tall. Correct. <laughs> like it's just. And Bumble same with Bumblebee, right? Bumblebee. You're a Camaro, bro. Right. It's just, yeah. Anyway, Transformers, the entire series is a bummer for me because like it just had like this whole through line of like there's, an, there's multiple storylines that were not only unnecessary, they actually negatively affected my ability to even like these movies. And yeah, the, it's so the cool. kid going to college. Oh, like, who cares? Right. All of those things should have been background filler a few seconds here and there. It's it, They were fine plot points. I didn't mind. You want to have Shia and Megan have a relationship? Fine. But you get of your, again, because this is how movies work, 95 to 120 minutes. Yeah. you get. I'll give those two together a combined six minutes on screen. Max. And give me robot, robot, robot. Yeah. yeah. Matt, get, listen, if you want to do the human robot thing harder, fine. Just like somebody should just take all of those movies and recut it into one good one. Mm. I, I do think he did one nice thing. The touch where he sort of modernized Bumblebee, that, that sequence, beautiful. Listen, that's the reason that there are moments in this that are so dope, which is what makes me mad because like this is where I think Michael Bay could have been again. I like there's he has a thing, right? He's got a thing that he does. And like this was the vehicle to do that thing. No pun intended. And unfortunately, like 
I don't know. He, to your point, he just tried to make like a different kind of movie. And it's like, bro, you like, you didn't understand the assignment. That's not what anybody's here for. Right. You got it. That's exactly right. Yeah. All right. Your turn again. My turn. Again. Oh, so that was top five, not just Pong. Okay. Oh yeah. No, that was like, that's firmly in my top five. Okay. Next up a movie from 2021, sir. <laughs> okay. I, I'm I, I had a lot of fun with these this category today. Yeah, I, love I, it. I, I really enjoyed picking mine and stuff because every movie, and I think the same is true for you. It seems is that these are all movies I've never talked about and would otherwise probably not talk about. That's exactly right. I will give you Ray Fiennes and Jeffrey Wright. I have no idea. Does this series needs to be shaken? Series needs to be shaken. So that's making me think Bond. Yeah. No time to die. Oh, I didn't see it. Don't. That's what I've heard. It's uh, why I haven't seen it's it. It's meh. It's meh. You know, maybe it, it might be bad. It's definitely meh. It, it's, it's at best meh. This is the way I'll, I'll, I'll say it. And it's got the same problem that I will now say is the entire series after Casino Royale. Okay. They, they do the same problem with it. First of all, the basic premise is James Bond has fallen in love with this woman, Vesper, in Casino Royale. And I don't know, they spend a good, uh, I mean, at least a whopping week or two together before she dies. And he proceeds to spend four more movies troubled and avenging his death. A, that's just a very different James Bond premise. I'm okay if you want to swap around James Bond with me. I'm okay if you want to do funky things with him. By the way, I will give away no plot details because I don't need to. Okay. The problem is, <laughs> A, the plot in this one in particular just makes no sense. It's incoherent. There's, It's like set piece, set piece, set piece. It makes Tenet look coherent. Like, it, 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 like I, I walked out of the theater. I'm like, how did they even go? Why are they in this? Who's? Huh? What? You know, the whole time. Like, it's like, oh, oh, now I guess, okay, are we in Morocco now? All right, cool. Why are we in Morocco? Oh, we don't really remember why because it didn't make sense. They didn't set it up very well. Rami Malek is fine. I, I think he could have been much more menacing. And he's only on screen for what seems like about eight, ten minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. And the problem is they try to make this five movie continuity. You know, they're trying to do the James Bond MCU thing is basically what's happening. Got it. That's that's the, the the short version. So all of a sudden, the story the story points from um, from Quantum of Solace, which nobody really remembers, some kind of solar powered thing in the desert somewhere, are, are overlapping with plot points from the other one. Blofeld's sort of coming and going. It's like it's Spectres, Skyfalls. Like what is happening in all of these movies? Yeah, people like Skyfall. I'm going to say straight up. Just pay. Just go watch it again and decode the villain's plot. Like, what was his plan? Right. It's called. I expect major coincidence to happen. Right. Is, is basically the plan of that. So here is our solution to fixing James Bond. Here's what I want to do. And by the way, if the broccoli family would ever get to listen to this, I'm available. There you go. <laughs> here's how James Bond should now work. Let's bring it all the way to 2021. First of all, you've got an internet thing, jamesbond.com, and anybody can pitch the Broccoli family on the James Bond script. And the new rules of James Bond are one movie, like, standalone, has no 
continuity whatsoever from any other James Bond movie. A. B. There is no singular James Bond actor anymore. Mm. So James Bond could be a Latina girl who's 18 with like a Hannah style story or something. Sure. James Bond could be a 60 year old near retiring James Bond. You can set a story anywhere. As long as you have some basic constructs, you must have a money penny, male or female. You must have an M. You must have a Q. You must have gadgets. You must have a villain who's got a plot that is actually ridiculous, but, but, isn't coincident dependent like right. wants to take over the world and do some crazy thing, blow up California, take over the moon. I don't care. I it doesn't, they can have their silly, ridiculous, you know, uh, gold member style things as much as they want. Like the Kingsman is, it would have been a bond movie. Could have been a bond movie. Basically was right. Right. And so what's happened now, we've got like fast and furious mission impossible, Jason Bourne, like, the worst Bourne movie was better than the last four James Bond movies. That's true. Right? So I want that. I want to have this thing where you open it up to the community, you have the Broccoli family picking, and each time what happens is a director comes and pitches a vision. Right? So you can have a Sam Raimi James Bond, and then you can have an Ang Lee James Bond, or and you can have a Michael Bay James Bond. Like, let him go, Bayhem. Let's have a Bayhem Bond. Why not? Sure. Right, you just have some basic things, and and some of the rules include you do not carry the story over. You do not have maybe you always have a Blofeld, right? That's fine. You can always have Spectre. These are all optional components to draw from, but don't give me an MCU in Bondland. I listen. Yes, agreed. That's that's my thing. I love it. So funny enough, I, uh, on my pond, which I won't do now, was basically both of the Dalton Bonds. Just because, like, I loved him. I loved Dalton as well. I really did. Like, it was a darker version. It was more, like, like serious and whatever. But they both those movies are just sort of like, eh, I don't know. We're fine, I guess. Fully agreed. I, I would say that since... Oof. I, I, I would say Roger Moore had actually very good Bond movies, but was not a very good Bond, in my opinion. Agre- I totally agree. He was like my Bond, right? Every Depending on your age, you have a different Bond. Yeah, I have Pierce. It's terrible. Right. Pierce also, great Bond, terrible movies. Yeah, like he right. actually, I thought, was really good, but those movies were an atrocity. Absolutely. Yeah. And so Daniel Craig's Casino Royale was phenomenal. Yeah. And then all the rest were not. So I think... If you really look back and they're like, Craig was great. Dalton was great. Brosnan was great. And the movies themselves just, we need to fix the scripts. We need to fix this stuff up. And that's how I want to do it. I love it. I'm on board. Broccoli. Let's do it. Cool. 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 <laughs> All right. My next one, I think, is probably the one that I struggled the most with. And it's, it's not because I struggled with this. This one, I think, firmly was a pawn contender for me. But then there's another one that I wanted to do that I actually think might be too good of a movie. So I wound, I, I wound up here. Uh, May 14th of 2004. So 56 on Metacritic, which is reasonable. It's a huge, okay. huge cast. Brian Cox and Diana Kruger is who I will give you. 2004? Yeah. Okay, I think I have a guess already, but give me your five words, please. Armpit of New York. <laughs> Armpit of New York. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not what I thought it was going to be. With Kruger, I thought it was going to be National Treasure. Uh, no, that'd be fun, though. I thought about that. That'd yeah. be fun. Although it's not really meh. Like, the sequel's kind of meh. But, yeah, um, the first one's actually really you, good. Like, the first one's really good, yeah. 
Diane Kerr. Did you say you said Brian Cox, right? I did. And what was the it's armpit New York? Armpit of New York. This is like an upstate New York joke, basically. Oh, oh. Uh, so it's not like Garden State or no. It's it's, it's literally the, it's the name of a city in upstate New York. Oh, uh, Syracuse, Albany. It's it's near Albany. It's near Albany. It's uh, Watertown. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about the drive to Montreal right now and all the towns we stopped there. And it's like, there's Baltimore, New York. There's, I don't know. All right. So this is Troy. Oh, clever. You're a clever lad, aren't you? <laughs> um, so here's the thing. There was like, this is a period of time where like Alexander the Great came out and 300 came out and Troy came out. They're all kind of, you know. Right. And this movie had this sort of like big anthemic feel to it. And David Benoff wrote this, who's from Game of Thrones. And I just, I just want it to be better. It's not good. And you know, everything he writes is terrible, right? Yeah, basically. Basically. Like he, he, he's part of the reason that the game of Thrones took, took its downward arc. He also, by the way, is responsible for the, the Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool Wolverine fiasco. Right. Same guy. Yeah, no, I know. I know. So, so, so you just want to give it to somebody else. I basically, I was going to not go that rude, but yeah, I, I just like, cause here's the thing, Brad Pitt, Eric Bannon, Orlando Bloom, like this is a really cool story and it's like awesome. There's like, this one has personality and there are these like individual storylines that are playing out. And like some of it was really beautifully acted and the, I mean, just the set design alone could be so neat. And there was some of that, but it just had this like, super weird undertone. It never figured out what it was. And it was just like such a bummer. So what I want them to do is I want to keep this movie squarely in 2004. I don't want it to be crazy CGI and this stuff. Like I don't want it to lean more towards where 300 went. I want it to be like Ridley Scott this. I want this gladiatored, right? Like keep it where sure you have two or three super personal storylines and you focus exclusively on them and allow the war to happen around them and the battle to happen around them and then keep practical effects in place and get after it, man. Like this is a neat story to tell. And it was just told like in the most boring way ever. (laughs) It was just so boring. And it's, you know, there's a couple great scenes and a couple good fight scenes and a couple like clever plot twists, but they're like not even clever. They're just like, oh, okay, cool. I took a writing class once. Like, I don't know. I just want this to just be better. I I hear you. I never saw this one because don't. in that, in that like gladiator, as you said, all those movies, it just was, it was clearly was one of the ones that fell to the bottom of the pack. Yeah. Listen, I mean, if you're going to rank Gladiator 300, this and Alexander, Alexander is the worst and it's not close. That's a bad movie. This okay. one's okay. It's a, this one's a 50 something. It's fine. It's a math. It's a math. It's math. There's parts of it where you're like, oh, this is cool. And then there's parts of it where you're like, oh, we're doing this now. Like, it's just a mm-hmm. lot of that. Whereas 300 is very specifically what it, what it is. And then uh, Gladiator is actually a great film. <laughs> yeah. 300's in that category where it's not meh, 
because that's not the right word for it. it it's it falls short in a bunch of different ways, but it, it's hard to figure out exactly what you do because it's it's trying to do a thing. Yeah, three hundred was trying to do what Pulp Fiction did to like comedy, right? Like Pulp Fiction's a comedy that's like this horrible like gangster story. Three hundred was trying to make a new kind of movie, and it for that reason it's interesting. Also for that reason, it failed in certain ways that I would want it to be better. Yeah, so I wouldn't change yeah, that, any of it. Funny. I don't think I, like that movie is. It's impossible for that movie to be a nine. It's not a ninety. Like that movie's always going to be a seventy something, sixty something. Because of what they were trying to do. Interesting. That, that's where that's a, that's that'd be an interesting discussion. Is could you can you can you make three hundred an iconic film that's that's solid all around? I, I would go with. I think you can do more with it. I think this is sort of the Snyder issue: is that <laughs> he's he just sort of lacks some of the richness of coherent plot. Yeah, because he's great at so many things, right? Yeah. It, it's again, it's like the it's same with like Nolan. They're all missing just a little bit of what it takes to make some of these movies perfect. Yeah, well, Snyder can't dial things, what he's really good at, down to match what he's bad at. Not bad at, but what he could be better at. Yeah. So, like, the thing is, is you see these things that turn to 11, and you're like, whoa, that's amazing. And then you get, like, some of, like, character dialogue with Snyder stuff, and you're like, oh, boy. This is not as good. And if he just if he could get his dialogue up a little and his character development up a little bit, and even if even if it cost him some of the visual stuff he does to come down, I think you'd wind up with with like better movies. I agree. But I'm going to sort of stay not quite in genre, but yeah, touch on the. I'm going to stay nearby. Okay, I'm going to stay nearby. I like nearby. 2021 again. Okay. Yeah, two. I, I mean, this is this might be obvious. I don't know. I couldn't get the cast without a dead giveaway. I think Salma Hayek, okay, and Kamal Nanjiani. Oh, I haven't seen Eternals yet. I know uh, that's okay. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to spoil a thing. My five words were too many heroes and issues. Okay, so you've got you know the basic premise, right? There are these. They're these Eternals. They've been on our planet forever, keeping the world in a good place or whatever. Sure. There's nine, 10, 11. I'm not quite sure how many. <laughs> First statement is too many. Right. Sure. It's too many to develop in one movie. It's, you know, it's a lesson we learned from some of the DC movies. I think you don't have enough time to develop the characters. So if you're going to do a movie with this many main characters, you got to Ocean's Eleven it, right? You got to pick two or three to really focus. And I mean, fully develop like Danny ocean, etc. And you just have to have the rest have just enough presence to you get that. Oh, okay. Those are the brothers that spar and that guy sweats a lot. And, <laughs> you know, Bernie Mac's just awesome. And Always. like, you, could, you know, right here are the things though. You needed a better villain. This suffers from the, the general MCU fault. When MCU movies aren't good, it's the villain in general. Almost always, yeah. Right? You needed, le again, less characters. You also needed less issues. So here's some of the things that happened in this movie without, without really going into it. But there is a suicide plot point. There is an Alzheimer's type of senior care plot point. There is a, uh, a uh, character who cannot hear as a pri primary plot point, 
and there's a uh, there's a gender plot point, and there's a sexuality plot point. How about pick two? That's too many. Like it's it's too many, and it's too many. To, you just sort of can't care enough, and you're just you don't. It's like I, I want I care about all those issues. <laughs> they they all matter, right? They all do matter. Having a superhero that's that's hard of hearing or that that uh, that, that is deaf is great. But then make that a major thing that you're developing. And like, how does she deal with that? And it's not just like, oh, great. So she shows up on screen, does some sign language and, and disappears again. Like, right. It, you know, it's, it's too, it was too on the nose. It was like, decide that it's a topic or don't decide it's a topic. But they're, you know, they're half playing that. It's known that there's a, a quote sex scene in the movie. Okay. Why? <laughs> you know what what where are you taking this is the point about romance and love and deep deep love because that's not where they took that plot point it was just sort of a thing to show you on screen i actually went and watched nomadland which uh the same director chloe did uh i guess a year or two apart chloe zhao and i love nomadland and part of what she did so well there was it's it's wonderfully paced uh, but it's also really developed main character, good enough side characters, good enough storytelling, etc. Here, there's just too much going on. And there's also a few too many things that make no sense. So as you'll learn about the Eternals, even if you watch the preview, it's pretty obvious they all have different powers. Yep. Utterly inexplicable. I'm sure in the comics they gave this enough attention so you understand their origin stories and why they have individualized powers. But, and I won't reveal exactly how it comes clear that they could have also had different powers. Like it could have been a fine story with, with a different kind of mix, if you will. Got it. It sort of doesn't make sense in this much storytelling. I'll give you one example. One of the heroes, just, just giving one example. One of the heroes has mind control over humans why would you have that? These Eternals, you can see from the preview, they're here to fight these monsters. Right. So what? why Why is there a character with mind control over humans? Humans don't really matter if you're bite, beating, beating these beastie things. Right. right, yeah, that makes no sense. Yeah. So I wanted to like Eternals a lot more than I did. It is probably my least favorite of the MCU. But at the same time, I loved what she was trying to do. Just... Too, it was just too much. Just just cut down a few of these things. Um, give this. Give your leads more screen time. I mean, I don't care if you want to have Angelina Jolie and Salma Hayek and have them have bit parts. It's fine. I don't need develop the the, the lesser known actors. Great, but develop them, and that's where it fell really short. Okay. Yeah, I've heard similar things, and even just I mean, listen, having not seen anything but the trailers, but I mean, you. The plot points you bring up, none of those can be glossed over and done well. Right. Like none of them could be. So that's right. that's, a, that's too bad. <laughs> I, I will say, again, without going into the depth of it, and it's not that a character, quote, has Alzheimer's, but it's a I get someone, it. is, someone is clearly having some mental, mental health issues. Sure. I think that part of the storyline, by the way, is very well handled. I, I really liked it a lot. Okay. But I wanted more. I actually wanted them to take it further. You know? Right. Well, and they didn't have time to because they had to tackle these other 50 things, it sounds like. Exactly. Right. All right. Uh, okay. That's that's interesting. I, I really do want to see that. 
All right, so my last my last one for my top five. <laughs> uh, oh boy, borderlining May again, but that's all right. Uh, May eighteenth of two thousand twelve. Uh, I'll give you Brooklyn Decker and Liam Neeson. Is that taken? No. Brooklyn Decker. I don't know which one. Okay. Uh. Five words, barge with guns. Barge? Barge. 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 Ship. Ship. Boat. Ship. Yep. Ship guns. Ship rifle. Ship. Ship. Guns. Battleship? Battleship. Ah. <laughs> So here's the thing. This is, I'm pretty sure I didn't write this down, but I'm like going off memory. I know Peter Berg. I think he, I know he's a part of it. I don't know if he actually directed it or not. Uh, here's the deal <laughs> Battleship was a super cool game. Period. Everybody knows C5. it. C5, you suck my battleship. It's fun. Uh, he does have a pretty interesting visual take on stuff and like the idea of having like these big battle, like these big ships and guns and explosions. And like, there could be some Bay Bayham here, right? Like it's, this is good fodder for that. And then aliens. Why? <laughs> like ships fighting ship, pick a, you know, what, what are you not you're, like? You don't want to offend a country. Make one up. Like there's just it's such an easy thing to not make this an alien movie. And then they tried to make it an alien movie. And it just sucked. Like that part of this was just so dumb. There's all this other cool also stupid love line stuff, whatever. It's like sort of standard Hollywood tropey nonsense. But just again, lean into what this could have been. Boats are cool, explosions are awesome. They, they the premise the beginning premise of the playing the war games against each other like that's neat just run with that concept we don't need these aliens like it's just why did we turn this into Independence Day like this is a boat movie just keep it a boat movie Hunt for Red October did well like you don't need to cross genre here like just execute on the thing that you're doing and it's such a neat construct and fertile ground and honestly even though like a lot of people don't like Taylor Kitsch I actually thought he was pretty good in this like. There was like some fun stuff here that I don't think would have been hard to make better. And this movie is so barely watchable. Like it, there's there's a couple <laughs> of parts that make it like sort of fun. Um, and visually it was really well done, right? Like there's a couple of really cool, respectful parts around like Pearl Harbor and, and just the Navy in general. Like Berg gets into that stuff and he's very good at that. And that's part of the reason that I find it even more annoying that he didn't do a better job. Because he did have all these nods to military and nod to the work and the family construct of all of this. And instead, just aliens. And it's like, ah, dude, you suck. Like, I just, you know, just don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when this movie was announced and, and, you know, we were all trolling it at the time. But I remember that feeling like, you know, you could make a story here. You could have, you know, a couple of couple of different naval uh, squadrons from, from, you know, countries that are currently at war have randomly ended up in the same part of the ocean. They can't, there's like a fog of war thing. Their radar's out. Yeah. Right. And, and it becomes like this, in, you know, you, you, you play off the premise, you know, there's five ships. You can have fun with it. Look, I'll fix, I'll fix the story right now with the baseline of how they started it. They're doing war games. That's the whole point. Right. So there's all this. Okay. Right. So there's war games. Now enter a bunch of pirate ships that you didn't know existed. 
Now there's five. There's your story. Done. Just run it's with top, that. It's top gun. It's, it's top, top gun. gun. That's it. Yeah. Like yeah. it's that easy. And just if you execute on that well, this is easily like a 70, 80%. Like this is easily yeah. becomes a really fun movie to watch. Good pick, buddy. Top gun with boats. That's it. it. There you go. <laughs> All right. Let's blast through our Pong list. Sure. Okay. 2005. Yep. Uh, desert movie was not. All right. Oh, this is that McConaughey. Well, obviously it's the McConaughey one. What's um? <laughs> oh, what was this called? I can see the I can see the cover art. I don't know what's it called. Sahara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's based on a book series called Dirk with, with this guy Dirk Pitt. They just completely rushed it, and it's terribly miscast. Uh, there's no version where Matthew McConaughey, Dirk Pitt, Dirk Pitt is Dirk Pitt is Bear Grylls. Okay. Okay. Maybe like a Sam Rockwell could have played him pretty well. Tom Hardy? Like you need Tom Hardy, um, not Liam Neeson, but you needed someone a bit more buttoned up and a little like less Matthew McConaughey. You know, he's just, uh, who I love as an actor, but it's just a very wrong, this is a buttoned up kind of role and an improv, think on your feet. Uh, Gosh, I even could picture a Shia LaBeouf in a few years. Like, you know, can be a little smarmy, but is fundamentally a really smart and presents himself as a really smart uh, naval scientist. He's, he's a scientist, even. He's not even really supposed to be an action hero. All I think of when I hear Matthew McConaughey is his Between Two Ferns when uh, Zach Galifianakis says to him, he's like, so when you and Woody Harrelson were on set together, <laughs> he asks about the marijuana budget. And then he also says, uh, how sad were you if you guys were together that there were hackies not being sacked? <laughs> which is, <laughs> which I is, I saw that and it's awesome. It's so good. <laughs> it's one of the best jokes I think I've ever heard. So uh, good. All right. So my first one, this is the one that I mentioned earlier. So this is, a, it is mad and I can't put my thumb on why, to be completely honest, because I actually do think it's pretty good. So 2005, Mammal Fictional Sorcerer Closet. Mammal. This is Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, so I love all of the religious undertones aside, whatever. I love yep. this series as a kid. And the first movie, it's it's I think it's like a 70-something. It's good. I don't yeah. I don't hate it. I did like the casting. There's some stuff they did well. There's just something about it that I'm like, it's just not good enough. And it's not. It's 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 a very good example of meh. It's a very yeah. It would have been fine in a pre-Lord of the Rings world. In a post-Lord of the Rings world, it was unacceptable. It was unacceptable, right? And like the fact that, and again, it's 2005, so there's these epic things are happening, and it's like we're introducing this concept again where we're going to start doing like multi-stuff or whatever. I don't know. It's good. Um, I, I the, the way that I would fix it is I would make it a kid movie or make it an adult movie. Don't try to do both. That's right. That's I, I think they just needed to fix that one problem because they tried to service both and in servicing both, both got left half like kind of half full. What you're what I think you're doing is you're making a kids movie with adult level uh, references, humor, and subtext, right? The way they do that, like like basically how Pixar does it. How Pixar right? does it, it's right? Like, yeah. yeah, but yeah. instead, but just they, in the- they actually made that movie like relatively dark. Like there's like which is okay. I'm 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 all for that. Like especially if you really want to drive because you could make that an adult movie. Easily. Like sure. Really sure. easily. But pick a lane. Pick a lane. <laughs> 2002, Dragon Movie was not all right. 
Oh, another McConaughey. Uh, I don't know. What was this? This is uh, Reign of Fire. Uh, I've never seen this and was told never to see this. I, I, I wrote this one down for a moment, if, if, if you'll indulge me. Please. Dragons. How did they mess up dragons? Simply, they tried to do too much. Just simply, OMG, dragons. And then we have a few false starts, and it's like, that's the whole storyline. It's like, OMG, dragons. And like, you know, almost the way Pacific Rim enters with the, the, the kaiju or whatever. It's like, it doesn't really matter how dragons spew forth they're they're just destroying everything. How are we? You know, what are we going to do? Alien invasion story? Much? Yes, thank you. And then we it seems like we're winning. And oh, there's like Tiamat. Thank you, D and D nerd. Like, and then then Christian Bale is a paladin and he saves the day. And it's sort of like a you know modern D and D in that kind of world. And like it should be a series. We should already be waiting for Reign of Fire Seven: Return of Draconis or something. Like like there's no <laughs> reason. We are not in like what, like Fast and Furious style. I don't care what you do, but just make these, make these, and make them fun and interesting and good. And don't try to go to don't don't overthink this one. Got it. Fair enough. Thank you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next one, I'm going to do 1994. Uh, this one's tough. So, Honest Deceit. True Lies? Yeah, so here's my very quick version of this. Ooh, interesting. I really like True Lies. I really do. Like Same. However, there are a couple of things. It's it's I, I don't know, it's tough. Like this is one the reason it's not my top five is because I can very make an I can make an argument very easily why this is good and not meh. However, it suffers from some pacing issues. It takes a really long time. The whole way that they get to the Jamie Lee Curtis thing is like sort of just stupid. Like it could have been done so much better and more easily. Um, so I think that this movie, I don't know that it's really mad, but it could have been even better. And I would love to see somebody do it today. Hmm. I think I, look, I agree with you that, that you are going to remake this. You're going to tighten it all up and move it along a little faster, but I kind of liked it a lot. I kind of want now I kind of want to decide if I have to rewatch it and see if, if I agree with you that it's a met or not. I, I'm, I'm, I'm 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 kind of good with this one, but I I appreciate the selection. Yeah, I I'm to be to be to be fair. To be fair, I probably don't actually think it's meh as much as I think I just want it rebooted. But it's also not like brilliant, so I was like, there's enough holes in this that I would want it redone in a modern time because I think it'd be fun. Yeah, it, it's just also rebootable. It's one of those like sure. you don't have to call it True Lies two. You don't have to, just just another story by the mild mannered dude. It's like The Incredibles in a way. Like yeah, you you can do that. Yeah, I that's a nice one. Okay, uh, twenty eighteen. Um, what did I write? Meta movie needed more meta. Twenty eighteen, and a meta uh, Deadpool two. Yes. Yeah. That's a good I sign. get why it's popular and well liked. I think they could have taken it up a huge notch. Like, don't get me wrong, it's super funny. The plot's fine. The gags are good, but I think it was insufficient. I think they needed to up the ante. And like, for example, two wall breaks into the movie instead of going like the fourth, the sixth, the sixteenth wall break thing was cute. Right. But like, two wall breaks later should have been a. You know what? I think we're tired of these wall break things, and like, they should have just like made fun of themselves. Like, aren't you tired of me talking to you? Yeah. I'm done with this. And like totally changed up. You'd be like, what? Like, and they're so, they're so smart. The writers of this, I think like, 
Like they, they could have upped a whole different ante in some way. And that's, that's what I really wanted out of this. I thought this was just sort of a well-written, but actually kind of mess sequel. I, I don't disagree with you at all. Uh, all right. We'll do 1997 out of nowhere. From somewhere in, in somewhere in a place in a world. When you die in a video game, what, what do you do when you come back? Respawn? Spawn. Hey, Spawn. Nice. Spawn's a bad movie. Uh, it, yeah. it, it enters mad territory for me because there's a couple of things in it that are highly redeemable for me. And Spawn, specifically given the world we live in today around comics, makes Spawn again. Yeah. Good pick. This is a great pick. I don't, I actually, I think this is a very mad movie. I don't think it reached bad territory. It's what, like... Uh, so I felt that way, and then the Metacritic score, which again we we all agree is garbage, but I still reference it sometimes. It was like a thirty-four, and I'm like, oh, disagree. I think it's like a fifty. I think it's like it, it was bad, and it was good, and it was exactly in the middle. Like the things that were bad were really bad. The stuff they did well, I thought they did really well, and that puts it exactly in the middle of the. Okay, it's fine. Yeah, I agree. I agree. This is my second of the actually multiple movies, but I'll give you just one as my focal point. 2018, a nice game of chess. 2018, a nice game of chess. In retrospect, that's not a good five-word clue. Yeah, I'm totally lost. Uh, game night. I originally went down this whole other Oh, thing. game night. Yeah, totally meh and could have been better. I'm, I'm with you. So I have this as a game night slash happily, which I just watched with uh, with – What's his name? Joe McHale. And also Tag. Tag is in the yeah. same, like, Tag's probably the best of those three, but they all take a, the, the bottom line is they just take a very simple premise that, and they do it well, but then they have one character that is just too absurd, takes the whole thing just too far. Yeah. And, and instead, like, just, I think kind of brings it down too many notches. Like it's just, too, just don't give me someone like so absurd that, that I just can't handle it or else you're making a movie more like neighbors. And the whole point of it is that the, the, the absurd character, this one again, doesn't pick a lane. Yeah. Game night is a really good example because the, the, the no spoiler, but like the big twist in the end, I was just like, Oh, come on. I was like, no, right. no, 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 no. Don't, you didn't need to do That's that. Right. This was doing fine before that. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Same thing happened in happily. And I think in a way tag as well. So anyhow, uh, 2003 group of amazing people. Um, group of, uh, not mystery man. I would assume. No, but that's funny. That, that one, that would actually be a pretty good one too. I didn't even think of that till now. Group of amazing people, team squad, mm. uh, uh, um, crowd no. group of amazing team, uh, league. Hmm. League is this League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Yeah, gentlemen. Yep, the movie that made Sean Connery basically retire. Basically, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah just redo this. Um, I'm not going to go any further into it. Like, it's totally meh. It's fine. It's not good. It's not terrible. It's not good. Uh, yeah. th- it has just enough redeeming qualities that if it's on, you don't immediately have to turn it off. Uh, but this is a really cool concept. There's a bunch of like literary people. There's it's fun. It's so cool. It's such a cool concept. They should just do this well. 
Agreed. Cool concept. I actually hated that movie, though. I recall I recall seeing it in the theaters with such excitement, too. Well, so, such a disappointment. See, that's actually my argument for why I think this movie is better than people think it is, is because I think everybody wanted this to be good and expected it to be. And I think it's yeah. totally a fine interpretation of a whatever. But because of the, the potential in the cast, I think everybody went, yes, yes. And then they saw it and went, no. And so that made it like a a 30 instead of a 50 when in real life, it's not like an atrocity. It's just not nearly as good as it could have or should have been. That's well said. That's well said. All right. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm not going to bother watching it again, but I, but I'll trust you that it's not as it's more mad than terrible. Yeah. Uh, last on my list from 2006, happy Billy needs better remote. Oh, uh, click, click. Yes. Yeah. I, I just want this to be a little less ridiculous. Give me a bit more of that uncut gem Sandler. And it doesn't mean like that character, but that actor. Yeah. It's such a good concept, but this should have been like Truman show. And instead it was big daddy does pseudo consequences. Uh, like, yes. That's so well said. That's so well should have been said. Truman show. It right? could have been I like I've, I've watched that movie exactly twice. And both times I've said to myself, never watch this again. Cause it was so close to being really interesting and it's such a cool premise and they screwed it up and it's such a bummer. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, my last one, 1994, this one, I just gave you a different five words, rigs, but playing cards. What, what was the first word? Rigs, but playing cards. Rigs. Yeah. But playing cards. Um, rigs like cheats or rigs like oil rigs? No, rigs like that's the name. This is I'm not I'm not using my normal five words for this. This was just with one that made me. Oh, I was that Lethal Weapon three or something. It's Maverick. Oh, 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 rigs. I was on the right. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good pick. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Totally could have been a really good movie. It was totally fine. Yeah, good premise. Then totally blah. Just yeah. And, and did the poker thing very wrong. So, so uh, wrong. <laughs> yeah. Not Casino Royale level wrong, but so wrong. But so wrong. So wrong. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Definitely what do you, you got? Any, what do you got to run through? Yeah. I got five for you. So a combo again, day after tomorrow slash 2012. Yep. Uh, Jurassic World. Sure. Widows. Didn't see it. You ever see Widows? No. Good cast, good concept. Just meh. Uh, Netflix's original movie, Bright, the, uh, uh, was it Will Smith? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will yeah. Smith. I, yeah. I started watching that and didn't finish it. And it just didn't. Orcs and Elves. And, yeah. 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 And then um, another totally different genre, but the art of racing in the rain was uh, the dog and the car. Yeah. First of all, I just don't want uh, Milo Ventimiglia or whatever his name is. Uh, Vera Farmiga. Whatever his name is, <laughs> I just I don't like him as an actor. I'm sorry, I don't mean that personally, but I just don't. I want a better version of this because I wanted I want to cry with my dog movies. I'm just telling you, I want to. Yeah, I mean you have give me, to give me a dog movie, give me some tears. Yeah, always. Okay. Um. All right, mine. Just because we've talked about it before, Goonies. It's actually like a pretty math movie, and I think they should just make it again all the time. I'm just gonna hang up on. Can I hang up? Can we have a dial tone noise? Yeah, or go something? Ahead. You can hang up. Yeah. Uh, Entrapment, I actually think could have been a lot of fun, and I would love to see them yep. redo that. Uh, nice pick. Miami Vice, just just do yep. it, just do it better. Uh, yep. And then Hoffa. 
Oh, and there was a Hoffa. Mm, Hoffa needed to be a lot better than it was. Oh, and then the last okay. one I had was Blow. Blow's a really cool true story. Just do that better. Yeah, I did see that. I had a whole scattering of other stuff, but those were... I almost brought Days of Thunder to the table, my friend. I thought I almost went there. I thought about Days of Thunder, too. All right, so this episode was anything but meh. We've had a lot of fun. Uh, we will... Oh, you know what? We don't know what we're doing next week, do we? Uh, we don't. We're going to pick that right after. Can we skip to the good part? Ah!